Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Android Central podcast. My name is Shruti Shaker. I am the managing editor here at Android Central, and I have my lovely friends with me. Uh, I was going to say lovely guests, but I'm going to stop saying that because they're not my guests. They're my friends. <laughs> we've got Nick Sutrick. Hi, Nick. <laughs> yes, I guess we've graduated now. We've Yes, you've gra- well, you guys are always my friends, but I don't know why I ever said guests. It's just official now. It's okay. <laughs> it's official, yes. And I've got Andrew Myrick. Hi, Andrew. Hi. Hi. <laughs> and I've got my lovely, lovely friend, Namira South Fatmi. Hi, Namira. Hey, hello. Hello, hello. Okay, um, you know, we've got a bunch of things that I want to talk about. The first half of this podcast, I kind of um, did it in a way where we're talking mostly about uh, Google. <laughs> Fun stuff. So let's start talking about Google. Uh, they announced a pretty big uh, announcement yesterday. Uh, the headline of the article that we wrote was Google TV is adding a ton of free channels for you to enjoy. And Derek wrote this newser. Uh, basically, Google TV will have access to over 800 free, eight, excuse me, 800 free channels in its live tab. The platform is integrating with streaming services such as Plex, Tubi, and Haystack News. Users will be able to easily browse channels by category or genre, including news channels and programming in other languages. The new live tab is rolling out on Google TV services, sorry, devices, and eventually on Android TV sets. Um, this is a big deal. I, I mean, I, well, I think it is. And maybe you guys can tell me if it is or not. And Nick, you're... <laughs> I particularly love that that they're integrating like Plex, Tubi, all those things, right? Because um, actually just this weekend on Easter when we were over at my dad's, we were looking to watch Kubo and the Two Strings. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, but... Have not, no. Nope. Love that movie. My dad and my brother oh, have not I've seen, seen it, it yet. Oh, I've seen it. It's so nice. Oh, Namira, Namira has seen it, and I haven't seen it? What? Oh, you got to watch it. It's so... It's, it's the greatest claymation movie ever, and you will never guess it's claymation other than the fact that I just told you. <laughs> it's oh, well, incredible. Thank you. <laughs> um, in any case, I was trying to find it everywhere, and I could not figure out where the heck we watched it. And certain... you know, Sure enough, it was on Tubi. It was free. But, you know, I had to download the app. I had to sign up for Tubi. You know, there was a whole process there. Whereas, I guess, now once they do this, I'm assuming you won't have to go through all that. It seems like it would be a lot easier, which is awesome. Because I feel like those, uh, I guess we'll call them channels for the sake of continuity here, uh, always have something on them that you're looking for that's like an obscure thing or you know is not on netflix anymore or something like that so here's my question for you guys i and maybe you guys can tell me because i don't have the service so do you have to pay is it like a streaming service or like i mean not streaming service but like do you have to pay like a fee to watch google tv i guess or like i don't know how does this work exactly or do I have to pay like a one-time fee and then you're like good to go? Uh, no, I think this is just on the hardware. So if you have like an Android TV um, or one of the Google TV sticks that I guess we used to call a Chromecast, right? The the newer ones that come with a remote. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's it's the UI essentially that you're looking at. You have your basic, you know, there's two types of devices. You have your Google TV devices and then there's Android TV devices which are like, you know, third-party options like the Xiaomi Mi TV box that has Android TV. Right, 
Right, right, right, right. Well, the reason why I asked this is because, you know, at least in Canada, we we have this issue a lot or not an issue, but we, we have this conversation a lot about how, you know, the cost of streaming services is just it's so exorbitant. And, you know, especially when we see a platform like Netflix raising prices so often and now um, is cutting back by, you know, placing ads and you can maybe pay for a cheaper, cheaper version of it. Um, and then just in general, like, you know, again, in Canada, like there's that conversation around, like, how how many services are you subscribed to? Um, is it really worth it? And then <clears throat> one thing that I get asked a lot is, you know, will we start seeing bundling of streaming services? And one of our carriers um, actually provides a bundling service. Um, it's called TELUS, the company. And they they offer the service where you it's called Stream Plus and you can get Apple TV, Netflix and Discovery. Um, and I think one other thing I can't remember. And it's like you're it's basically your bundle service. And so the question I keep getting asked is like, will we start seeing a bundling of services? And then, you know, that goes back to like what we used to have back in the day where you would have cable TV and you could bundle your your channels, basically. But now I'm like. I'm reading this announcement from Google and it's like Google's almost trying to bring bring back, you know, cable TV, I guess. I, I don't know if that that's how it works or is it we're coming full circle. Yeah, it's like it's we're coming full circle. And I, I wonder if that's if we're going to see a full circle where people go back to to, to basic TV channels. Um, why do you guys think that Google wants to do something like this, um, considering that there are so many streaming services out there to compete with. If anything, I would say this is kind of a nice combination of uh, your traditional, you know, free over the air. You get an antenna and, you know, whatever channels are broadcast is what you get. It's got a bit of that with these fast channels. I love I love the fast acronym free ad supported streaming television. I thought that was cute. <laughs> um, so you've got those fast channels. And then, of course, I, I'm pretty sure Google's doing this primarily to get people on this interface all the time and seeing that YouTube TV icon and going, well, maybe I'll pay for it this month. Mm. <laughs> mm. Just just a little buy in there, just keeping them on that service. Yeah, maybe. I just I'm I'm curious to see where this is going, um, because I I feel like we're so inundated with so much. And also, how many hours of a day do you even have to watch so much TV? You know, like I just yeah, I think it's something that I think about a lot in terms of, you know, do we have too many streaming services versus now we're seeing TV services? I, I just it's a lot, right? Like I just I, um, I feel like that was the conversation when satellite TV first came out, too, though. Right. Did you get like 500 or 800 channels or something like that, which I guess is no different <laughs> from here. And people mm. were like, how like, how are you going to watch this much? How is yeah. there that much TV to even see? Yeah. And I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I wonder that about a lot of things, too. Like, we have a lot of entertainment and a lot. I mean, it's, it kind of goes into some of our conversation last week, right? Like, do you really play on one device all the time? Do you really mm-hmm. watch one channel all the time? Like, we have so many options. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And it can get really overwhelming, I feel. Uh, yeah, sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> What's it like in Bangladesh, though? I mean, do you guys have similar situations there where you have, you know, a bunch of streaming services or 
do you guys primarily focus on cable TV? Like, what do you guys do over there? Well, actually, now everyone's, you know, moving towards streaming services. So people love Netflix, you know, all those. And then they even have their local streaming services popping up. So that's nice to see. And, uh, you know, the countries nearby, they have their streaming services here as well. So, like, the Indian ones, you find them here. So, yeah, it's, it's not as diverse as North America, but people love it. Mm. That's interesting because I, I, I do know I'm aware of some of those <clears throat> Indian specific streaming services. And it's very fascinating to see how, um, you know, the Indian subcontinent culture is trying to emulate things from the West. I, I find that very I always find that very interesting, but it's it's cool. Like I'm I, I like to hear that you you're you guys are also on the same wavelength as us. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> OK. Let's talk about something that, Nick, you wrote, uh, continuing on with the Google conversation. Um, you wrote an article about um, Google Photos. It's titled, Here's Why Google Photos is the Best Image Editor on iPhone and Android. Now, of course, I, I mean, I think you are a big fan of Magic Eraser, and that was one of the main features that you did speak about in this article. But tell us why you think, yeah. you know, um, Google Photos is the best you know, editor. And actually, I'd I'd like to know what you guys use um, in terms of your photo editing, because I I use After Effects. I actually don't really edit my photos as much. But if I were to use something, I use After Effects, which is a, an app that you can download. Um, and then I always send my if I want to remove something <laughs> like I, I'll send it to someone to like edit out. And I think I did that with you, Nick, uh, when I got engaged. Yeah. I asked you, I asked you to edit out one of my rings because it was like it was in the way of the image. But um, and I don't know if you use Magic Eraser, Eraser for that or if you used Adobe Photoshop. But anyways, either 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 way, why do you think Google Photos is the best photo editor? And then I also want to hear what all of you guys use as your photo editor on your phones. Yeah, I can't remember if that was Magic Eraser or Photoshop. I want to say that one was Photoshop, but I know um, at some point later, several months later or whatever, when it was snowing, you sent me that one picture of your dog and you were like, can you get rid of this leash? <gasps> yes. And I use Magic Eraser for that because I remember I just pulled it up and was like, oh, let me click the leash. Oh, it's gone. Here you go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I love it. It's good. Right. It works really, really well. Um, and I think that the basic gist of this is, is that um, the UI on Google Photos is really good. I really, really like the UI a lot, and it's really easy. So when you want to do something in Google Photos, you want to edit a photo, pretty much you just hit edit, and whatever you want is going to be right there on the opening carousel. It's really good at suggesting things it thinks you want to do, whether it's turning a regular photo into like a portrait photo, which... Uh, I mean, that's something you can do in other things, but I don't feel like it's as, it's as one click as this, right? This is literally you hit the portrait button and it automatically analyzes everything and, and does it. Um, and then you can adjust it. You have like the portrait lighting effects, right? So you don't have to have a certain phone that supports portrait lighting. You just pull it up in Google Photos and you can adjust your portrait lighting. So you can have, uh, you know, make a flat image look a little more lively. Um, of course, Magic Eraser works on everything now which is awesome you don't have to have a pixel for that um, and a lot of the tie-in with google one 
includes extra modes on this essentially. So you get extra tools. Magic Eraser is one of them. You have to have a Google One subscription. Um, but it, it just works really well. And I found that I use it all the time now. And I, I would say probably half the time when I want to edit any kind of photo, if not more, it's through that versus, you know, going down to my computer, putting it in Photoshop, doing the whole thing. I could get the best results probably with Photoshop, but it takes so much longer. It's a lot more work, right? So it's it's cool to have this tool on everything. So yeah, I, I did ask, I wanted to know what you guys are using, but I do have a question based off of what you said, Nick, <clears throat> because um, I find this very interesting that like Google Photos will tell you what you want to, like it knows what you want to edit. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's basically what you said. Is that the AI in the machine that's that's a lot that's giving the ability to sort of already know what you want to edit? Yeah, and I don't. It, it's interesting to see what it suggests when because it won't always suggest something, right? Um, there there are times when you're just swiping through your photos and it'll have a little thing on the bottom that's like, oh, this picture looks like it needs to be rotated ninety degrees to the right. Do you want to do that? And you click it and it does it. But a lot of times it won't ask you that, you know, or, or sometimes it'll say, hey, do you want to make this a color pop, which means um, the entire background turns black and white and whatever's in the foreground, usually a person is in color. Um, and th there's a lot of suggestions like that that it will do based on, you know, whatever it, it sees in the picture. So, yeah, definitely AI based. And that's pretty much all cloud based too as all, all that analysis okay back to the question that i had so what do you guys use oh i mean obviously nick we know you <laughs> you use google photos to edit your photos but uh andrew and uh namira i, I don't know if you guys use any anything else uh, i use a <clears throat> i use a bunch of different things um like if i'm working from my desktop pc it's usually lightroom if i'm taking like editing raw photos uh and then i'll just use random uh, like Google Photos or whatever for some quick cleanup. But on my Mac, I use a combination of Lightroom and Pixelmator Pro. I don't really do that much photo editing on my on my phone. I, 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 I'm getting old. I like the bigger screens. Oh, well, I personally love Google Photos. <laughs> I feel like it's a great photo editing tool for people who are not as, you know, Mm, I want to say experienced at using softwares like Photoshop. For me, that's too intimidating. So if you wanted a very user-friendly app that's like image editing for dummies, that's Google Photos and I just love it. I use it for, I think, 90% of my editing needs. You make a really good point and I wonder if, because um, I mean, we all know Adobe Photoshop, Adobe you know, the Adobe suite of products is considered to be, you know, the best right. of the best in terms of editing, whether it's video or, you know, creating newsletters or um, editing photos, whatever it may be. It's obviously the best of the best. But I wonder if Adobe had a feature and maybe this is an editorial idea that we might want to write, but, but I wonder, you know, what if Adobe did something similar to uh, Google Photos, where it had a feature that you could still use some of its more advanced tools, but it kind of helps you uh, in the way Google Photos does, the way that Namira was saying, like she likes using it because it's easy to use and she doesn't have to learn too much because she's not a pro 
like most pro users would use Adobe Photoshop for. And I wonder, do you think that there is more of a market marketability aspect here for, for Adobe to reach even more audiences um, if it had like a feature similar to photos where it basically simplified, you know, editing and made, made it almost like editing for dummies? I think even if they did, the biggest problem with Adobe's products is that they're so expensive mm. your nor average person is not gonna go out of their way and you know it's crazy they have these crazy cancellation charges and like they monopolize their editing tools on top of that they're so hard to use yeah so yeah if they made something that was easier to use it would probably be a smashing hit but it would have to be affordable mm. Good call. Yeah, no, that's true. That I think that's true. You're so right. I, I almost wonder, actually, um, while you're on that topic. Uh, so back in 2020, Mark Lavoie, the guy who headed Google's Pixel camera project, right, and came up with HDR Plus and all those other really ridiculously cool things that we love about Google's cameras, he left Google and he joined Adobe. And I don't, I don't know what we've seen you know, based on his research and, and his influence in the company, it's, it's, it's always hard to tell in a company as big as Adobe what one person is doing, right? But I know there's a lot of Adobe apps now that are free. Um, the, the basic, you know, Lightroom and Photoshop Express and things like that, you don't have to have a subscription for those. And those are a lot more basic than uh, like the full version of Photoshop. So um, I would imagine that you know, given this guy's past and assuming that he's been working on this stuff, that some of those things we've been seeing are probably from his influence. And I I also would imagine that we'll be seeing more of that in the future, um, especially since Adobe has so many tools that are comparable to Google's, um, a lot of AI-based stuff in Photoshop. And in the last, I don't know, two years of Photoshop updates, we've had so many AI additions. And and I really wouldn't be surprised to find if that was, again, a lot of his influence in those areas and having the company uh, focus on certain little tricks, right? Yeah, I I also wonder if, if Adobe is not doing what I, I asked about earlier because it wants to only cater to I mean yes it may have some of those free aspects like you mentioned Nick but I wonder if like in the grand scheme of things it is not really doing anything because it wants to remain somewhat of an elite brand for pro users you know what I mean yeah that makes sense yeah well I guess time will tell and uh, Adobe if you're listening to us um Namira makes a very good point your products are really expensive okay <laughs> next topic <laughs> <laughs> uh okay uh our our good friend uh derek uh lee <clears throat> published uh or rather wrote an article uh a long time coming article called youtube's music's most annoying quirk highlights its most underrated feature and i i thought this article was really fun i have a lot of thoughts about it because i I kind of disagree with with Derek, <laughs> but, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, OK, so basically the gist of the article is how, um, you know, uh, Derek's primary music service or thing that he uses for music is YouTube music. And the thing that he finds really annoying is that he is not able to play his own music 
uh, or rather he is able to play his own music, but it's not, it's not efficient. The, the <laughs> ability to, it's, it, that's the word I was looking for. I, I obviously cannot speak, but yeah, it's, it's not efficient because of many things. Like for example, when he tries to um, change songs between one to the next, it just, it takes a really long time to load the music. There's a lot of dead silence. Um, it's yeah, just a specifically really for local files. Yes, specifically to yeah, specifically for local files. He he just finds that it's it's not as efficient, and it's not that of a great experience. Um, but on on the flip side, he's he also mentions in his article that you know many phones that he uses has their own um, music player, I guess. Uh, so like you know on Samsung phones and on LG phones or other phones, they have their own local built-in music player. Uh, which gives him the ability to play his own files. But I guess in his circumstances, he wants the ability to listen to music in a more streaming friendly format, but also be able to listen to his local files and have it all in one place, which is why he wishes it was better in YouTube music. Um, I obviously have thoughts about this, but I want to throw it out to you guys. What do you, what did you guys think of this, this concept that, that he's talking about? And do you guys agree or disagree with his uh, annoyance or grievance? Rather? I don't know the last time I played local music files. So. <laughs> right. Okay. So this is, this is my, this is my qualm with this article because, okay, Derek, if you're listening, we love you, but who listens to local music anymore? <laughs> I just yeah, don't I know, get I know, it. <laughs> uh, when Google Play Music first started, we had, I don't know how many thousands of tracks, several thousand tracks, right? And I, I think that's it's like the second half of his article. He talks about how this service is still really good at this functionality where you can take any songs that you own, you just upload all your MP3s or whatever into the cloud for, in this case, YouTube Music, and now you have access to them on the app, even if they're not locally stored in your phone. And they're still, you know, obviously your files and all that. Um, and, and I think to me, what was the coolest takeaway here was that they have a limitation of 100,000 tracks now. And I don't remember that number being that large in the past. Maybe I've just forgotten because it's been so many years. But I was like, wow, 100,000 tracks. Who the heck has 100,000 music files? Yeah. And I think... Um, yeah, I honestly, nobody downloads music anymore. I feel, I mean, the last time I played a local file was when I was still using my Sony Xperia Z1. Nice. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. like, I, I even, like, I feel like, you know, um, I think the last time I listened to local files was like, I was in like grade 12 and I had an iPod. That's fair. <laughs> that was like, that was like, uh, what, like 20 years ago or something. Like, <laughs> oh my God, I was only six sorry, back Der then. Wow. Derek, I'm sorry. I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not making fun of you, but like, I kind of <laughs> am. <laughs> Poor Derek. Bottom line, Derek, we love you, but this is a you problem, not a we problem. Yeah. <laughs> So, but here's the thing though. So I, I bought an iPod like a month ago and I'm still going through and managing. So I have all of my music library from when I was growing up. So I'm in the process of getting that transferred over. And I think he's onto something because the way he was describing it to me was that it takes forever for, 
YouTube Music to recognize the locally played track. But this wasn't never a, it was never a problem on Play Music. Right. Uh, that's what when Almost when they get rid of think it's on purpose. Right. That, like when I when I when I stopped listening to local music files as much when Play Music got canceled. That's fair. Yeah. I used to like go through and download a bunch of music and make specific playlists for, you know, whatever and spend too many hours organizing everything somehow got all unorganized over the years but okay i have i have a question for you andrews because um because i'm actually participating now <laughs> no i but uh, you you brought up a point which i'm curious to know why you didn't do the, the thought that i have in my head because i okay so um i'm gonna okay so y- you found all of your files from when you were younger and you bought an ipod and you wanted to put those songs on on your iPod. Cool. I love the idea. Awesome. My question to you is, were you, what kind of songs are these? And were you not able to find these songs on another streaming platform like SoundCloud or YouTube music or Spotify? Like, are they not available on these platforms? Some of the, a lot of them are, but the iPod was, is more of a, Hey, I need to go outside and walk or just sit without mm-hmm. being connected or having something buzz at me. So why not, why not just, um, get like, like turn off all your, your Wi-Fi and everything on your phone and have your music downloaded from Spotify or whatever streaming service you use. Because I'm, I don't have enough uh, self-control to not go and like scroll through Twitter uh, okay. or Reddit or something like it. It's basically, the iPod is going to be my, I'm going to leave everything else inside. I'm going to go sit outside with the pup and, or take the pup for a walk and just mm-hmm. like disconnect for a little while. It's a, it's like an ongoing mm-hmm. thing that Nick, Nick and I, we've all been talking about off and on. Yeah. 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 We have. Yes, we have. Just needing no, to and disconnect. I- and, and that's why, I mean, it's not anything cause I can do everything, you know, my fold four has 512 gigs of storage. It's more than enough. It's like four times as much as what I have on this iPod, but it still, there's always that temptation of like, I can go scroll through Twitter. Oh, a notification came through, even though, cause I had my phone open. So like I saw the yeah. bar come across the top. Let me tap that to see what it is. Right. Right. Yeah. No. Okay. And, and that, and that does make sense. And the other reason, the other thought that I had as well was when we were planning my wedding or our wedding, um, there were a lot of songs that we wanted, um, but they were not, you couldn't find them on Spotify. And so we actually uploaded them onto Spotify because as local files, because we created different playlists for different moments of the wedding um, to make it easier for our MCs to like, just play whatever playlist, et cetera. And I, I actually found that on Spotify playing local files, there was not, there wasn't this lag. There wasn't this issue that Derek is talking about. So I almost wonder like, is it, smarter to switch to a different service the the problem is that he shouldn't have to have that thought they had google had it right play music was almost i mean it, it wasn't perfect but it was pretty darn close and they're just like now nah, we're gonna go with youtube music now like they kept gpm around for a while after youtube music was announced because youtube music was trash and it's, and like, it's half cl- in first like five years so bad <laughs> It's garbage. Like Apple Music was it was better, and in my opinion, is better than what YouTube Music offers. 
And like it, Apple Music got better in a shorter amount of time compared to what YouTube Music did. That seems to be pretty common though with those kinds of products, honestly. Like Google, I don't know. I don't want to get on a tangent. Let's just not do it. <laughs> oh, come on. No, get I don't want to do the, it. Get, get, right get into the tangent. <laughs> do it's, it. It's just, that's so common of Google's disorganized mess of a company. There we go. To, to have stuff like that happen. If you didn't say I it, I was going to say it. <laughs> I feel like maybe they're getting better just because they're, you know, we, we have the joke of, you know, well, what's getting killed by Google next? Well, in, in, a, in a weird roundabout way, it's actually good because maybe they can bloody focus on something for once, right? But... <laughs> no, but fair enough though i mean like i think that is a an issue that a lot of people have had yeah and it's not every product they make so don't don't jump on me for that but it is it's pretty common you know like for can be honest about it it's pretty darn common i still want and i still want inbox to come back listen i will never let go of that grudge ever so Stinking! It had no business being as good as it Listen, was. Listen, I go it was over released. to my inbox right now, my Gmail inbox, and my personal. I have thirteen thousand three hundred sixty-two unread, and then my work. I have eight thousand five hundred. Okay, okay? You have a problem. Back when inbox was around, that number was zero because it was so easy to sort through things and filter things. Nick, just, just Nick, just. I hate okay, Gmail. We, we that's, need to have that's an intervention. Gmail just sucks. It's always sucked. I just have to use it. Next topic. <laughs> <laughs> No. Okay. No, no, hold on. Can we can we go back to Actually, the fact you have twenty one thousand yeah. emails right now? Okay. <laughs> I mean, I read the the subject lines. I just don't always click the email. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have I have twenty thousand emails that I right. That just means I haven't email, clicked the button. Oh my god, guys! You guys are this is. I just don't. Oh, I just yeah, don't exactly. like click it. Like I just I get a lot of spam, dude. You guys have badges? I, just don't even... I mean, I still work here. Is that what, what you mean? You guys leave no. badges on your phones. <laughs> oh, okay, no. that's not what. Okay. I have I have zero red I emails. I really wish. Like zero on red. I have. I wish. Yeah. I have genuinely tried is, to keep up with it, and every time I, just, I try, yeah, it's just too I fall much. further and further and further behind, and then at some point I just give up. So, like I said, when inbox was around, yeah. that number was zero. After inbox died, well, <laughs> now it's what I just told you. <laughs> Dude, okay. Dude, when I was at when I was working at Yahoo Finance Canada. Uh, my inbox, okay, right now it's 20,000. My inbox was 100,000. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Impressive. I'm like, like, I'm in pain. Dude, it's because we ha- we used to get like so many like, because um, it, it's like, it's like. Doesn't a- it bother you? No, because I, I, I don't even see it. Like, it's just like, whatever. Like. Well, I guess if you don't have badges on. I love organizing and cleaning, so that would just. I bothered the crap dude, out of me. I let me tell you something. I let me sleep. tell you something. I am, <laughs> I am type A organization one hundred and one obsessive compulsive. I actually have OCD. Like I truly do. Except for your emails. Except with my, except for my emails. <laughs> like I don't have any organization. Selective like, I, OCD. Yeah, yeah. I I just don't. It, it, partly because I just I just get too many emails and. Anyways, we're we're totally going off track. Uh, yeah, I told you I didn't want to get on tangent. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, um, <laughs> this is what happens. <laughs> she told us we could, so we did. That's true. I know. I know. I know. I know. Okay. Fine. Well, let's it take a good conversation. <laughs> let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back to talk about some more fun stuff. We'll be right back. Indeed. 
Indeed is the hiring platform you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Something I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search according to U.S. Indeed data. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Visit Indeed.com slash ACP to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash ACP. Indeed.com slash ACP. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application. Pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, um, let's talk about an article that Jerry, sweet, sweet Jerry Hildenbrand wrote. Uh, a few days ago, he wrote an article titled, I spent hours updating my old phone only to make it worse. Well, first of all, it's an old phone, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> but I'm just going to read the, the, the beginning paragraph of this article um, and then we can all discuss it. So I, I had to switch to an old phone while I tried to fix a screen flickering issue with my Pixel 6 Pro. I dug into the pile to find one that could be updated to Android 13 and ended up with the OnePlus 8. The gorgeous interstellar glow model still has the volume switch like a proper OnePlus phone should. A day and a, a day and about 16 gigabytes of downloading later, I realized why a lot of people never bother to update their older phones because the process sucks. Um, so he kind of goes, can, like he talks about, you know, this process that he had and, and the issues that he had with it. And I guess it, begs the question for me to ask like you know well one what would people do with older phones um because we do know you know a lot of you know google will say we're putting out updates for five years or whatever whatever and it's all great but when you have this issue of how long it takes and the process and how annoying it can be is it even worth it yeah and i i know this conversation originally started i feel like it was a few months ago and it often comes up with us because we'll have phones lying around that we haven't used in months because we review them, right? Like, I don't I don't use every phone I review every day. I use it for a while, and then it sits somewhere until the next update comes out, and I turn it on and get the update and do whatever with it, right? And I know in, in the case of this conversation several times over with different people, it'll have been, you know, eight months, nine months, something like that since the the last time we turned it on. And now, like Jerry said, you've got, uh, let's see, he had four security patches, the Android 12 update, a second Android 12 update, the Android 13 update, and a final security patch. Like, you've got to sit there for three hours for these stupid things to update. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the Pixel just goes to the next update and it's done. It doesn't do all this, you know, in-between crap. And for whatever reason, it's like Google is the only OEM that's doing this right. And it's bizarre. Yeah. And I I mean, he also, 
uh, just reading a sentence that he wrote and I don't know if it adds. Yeah. I was curious. So I dug out my Pixel 4 and did the same. I got one update that put me on Android 13 with the February 2023 patch. Yeah. I wish the battery on the Pixel 4 wasn't total trash so I could use it out of spite. That's so interesting that only Google phones are. Why do you think that's the case? I mean, I, I know that. What, what, Andrew? Smartphone manufacturers still can't figure out software updates. Yeah, I guess. It's, so I know I see complaints about Pixel updates regularly, and it's because Google does it differently. In this article's case, better. In another conversation's case, worse. Because when you get an update on a Pixel, it does a dual boot thing where it essentially copies the whole thing over to a separate partition on the drive. It updates that. And then when you reboot it, it boots into that other partition, right? But the work that it takes and the time that it takes to get this update done in the background is extremely long in some cases. It's like two hours. Now, granted, you're still using your phone during that time, right? It's not bothering you. It's not It's not putting you out. It's not... Won't it, in, like, in, doesn't, it, doesn't it make it slower, though? Uh, I don't think it ever has in, in my case. Um, I, I think it's smart enough to pause when you're really busy, like if, if the processor is really churning or something, it's not going to, you know, sit and try to do a whole bunch of stuff in the background. Um, they, they've done a good job there, but I think that's part of why it takes so long is because it's literally like the last thread that your your phone is dealing with. And so in some cases, especially when people are actively using their phones, it could take hours to update. But I mean, again, this is in the background. It's not like it's really affecting you. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I wonder if this is... Um a tactic for people to buy new phones. You know what I mean? Where you get just so fed up with having to try and update your phone. So you're like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to go get a new phone. Maybe. I mean, I don't, we complain about it, but it's not, it's not that long. It's just more of a weird problem. Like why is it that everyone else has this problem except for Google? And especially in the case of Samsung, who does so many other software things, right? Yet, it still has to update every single security patch and major software update since whatever the last time you turned the phone on, right? Well, maybe maybe it's also because Google wants people to buy its phones. Um. <laughs> they've, they've got the secret sauce that they're not sharing with anybody else. Yeah, they don't they don't want they they don't want you to go and buy other phones. They want you to buy their phones so that you don't have to deal with this updating process. Now, granted, I'm sure. Right. I don't That's know. Maybe I don't, not a lot of people have the same issue know. and are having to deal with this but <laughs> maybe for those people they're like yeah you know what just go buy a google phone it's it's better uh we'll never know google if you're listening tell us tell us why you probably won't tell us but that's fine it's okay uh okay i want to talk about an article that you wrote this well it published this morning uh on thursday april 13th which is the day that we're recording uh, and I love it because it is super interesting. Uh, okay, <laughs> so Nick's article is titled, The Galaxy Note 7 is still haunting Samsung, and they really need to get over it. Um, it's been seven years since the Galaxy Note 7 burst our hearts into flames, so why is Samsung still so tentative about its charging speeds? Uh, and of course, this article was based off of some new, I guess, testing statistics that we got from Phone Arena. Yep. I'm going to hand it to you, Nick. Tell All us right. a little bit about so, this article. Um, it's based on, like you said, Phone Arena's article where they test the wireless charging speed. And previously we saw the wired charging speed tested and the 
S23 series, eh, for the most part, is about the same as the S22 in charging speed. Um, it might be like a minute or two slower, but really, you know, it's, it's within like margin of error, okay? Uh, wireless charging, on the other hand, is apparently a lot slower. And I know, you know, this is not something that I really took the time to test when I was reviewing it, because generally when I'm testing wireless charging, I'm testing compatibility, not so much speed, unless the manufacturer says, oh, well, we're using 65 watt wireless charging, it charges in 20 minutes or whatever. Okay, that's it's a different story. But in this case, turns out the S23 series charges uh, at least 20 minutes slower, and in the Ultra's case, 40 minutes slower than the equivalent S22 phone. And I don't really know why. Uh, you know, my best guess here is that wireless charging creates a lot of heat. It's a very inefficient way of charging. It's convenient, but it kind of sucks, right? It's just not super great. When you charge wired, you don't get that heat, even at the really high wattage. If you're going like uh, 125 watt, like Motorola's new phone's going to have, or you know, 210 watt, like some of these Xiaomi phones and stuff have, um, they don't get super hot. Uh, they have a lot of built-in safety features and mechanisms that work differently, and they use electricity differently, so that your phone is not an incandescent bulb, essentially, right? Okay, it's it's a much more efficient process. For whatever reason, though, Samsung just doesn't want to get on board with this, and I don't know. I just it's irritating. I I I plug my fold in in the morning I don't charge overnight you know and I plug it in in the morning and I'm still I'm looking at it. I'm at 91% now and we're recording at 948 you know I don't know when I plugged it in but it was sometime around breakfast and it's like why is it that I mean literally every other manufacturer I guess this goes back to our last conversation there's like one manufacturer doing it wrong this is the the inverse of the last one there's one manufacturer still doing it the old way and everybody else has moved on so is it just that Samsung is stuck on, oh, we don't want our phones to get hot because we don't want to repeat the Note 7 thing where the battery catches fire because of some design flaw? Or is there some other reason that they're just not telling us? Because we've asked this question before and they don't really have a good answer. They just say it's for battery safety and longevity. And I don't know. I've We've seen plenty of phones use really high wattage charging. Um, I'm not sure that I've ever heard people in mass complain about battery longevity issues with their phones that use fast charging. It, it, it almost feels like a lot of these other tech myths that people have, like, oh, sitting too close to the screen is going to, you know, break your eyes or whatever, or like, you know, something like that, where it's like, well, maybe that's true in some cases, but it feels like it's been overused. And it's not really a, a general truth. So I've, I just came, I just thought of this and it's something that I didn't, I should have thought of before, even though, cause I completely thousand percent agree with this article. Samsung is still has its tail between its legs in this when it comes to charging, especially when the technologies just continues to evolve like rapidly. Um, so it maxes out like the flagships max out around 45 Watts. How fast do we want charging speeds to go on? Like, Cause, so it's cool to say that the phone charges 200 watts, whatever. Like, Yeah, I don't need that. It's not practical, whatever. It is. But like, where, where, where's the limit? Like, where would where would we be happy? 60 watts would be a sweet spot, I think. Because if you look at most USB-C chargers and stuff, like, uh, you know, 
people would get a 60 watt charger that has two ports so you can use that with your laptop and your phone so if your phone also charges at 60 watts ish and so does your laptop your chromebook and there's kind of a uniformity going on there i think that should be the top limit yeah and i agree because that's that's typically around where OnePlus sits is 65 80 watts something in that range and i feel like OnePlus does it really well um, like I, I know with the, the, I'll use the 10T for an example, because the 10T was a really great phone for some reasons, but for me, it was a really great phone because I had zero battery anxiety, right? Um, despite the fact that God, you would not want to, you, you would not want to be using my phone. Like I let my battery get to like 1%. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> e even then, if you did that on that phone, 20 minutes later, the thing's almost full. Right. Like, right. That's that's what I like, because, like I said, I don't charge my phone at night and I'm sure a lot of people do. But um, I feel like it's better for the battery to wake up in the morning, put it on the charger, let it get to full or close to full and then take it off and go about your day. And I think that kind of mm -hmm. uh, routine is a lot more feasible when your phone only takes 20 minutes to charge. Right. You wake up. Plug it in, go make your coffee or tea or whatever, make your food, come come back, and it's done. And I don't think that's a lot to ask. You should, you should also consider the size of the charger. Have you guys ever seen those gigantic Xiaomi 140-watt bricks? Like, you could kill a person with them. Right. They're huge. <laughs> but, but a lot of... Wham on the head and gone. <laughs> Well, we know we know what Namira's uh, weapon of choice is. <laughs> That's right. That's all I got to do. Rip, rip it out of the wall and chuck it across the room. Um, uh, there's a lot of GAN chargers that deliver a reasonable wattage and are small, like surprisingly small, earbud case small, right? That's why I said 60 watts, because I write a lot of guides about these, right? And if you go anything over 60, 65 watts, those chargers, even the GAN ones, are huge. Yeah. Because, you know, science, there's only so compact that, like, the size, there's only so much you can reduce it for safety and yada yada. I have a lot of thoughts about everything that you guys are saying. Go for it. <laughs> the first. first. First and foremost. I want to go back to what Andrew said. Because <clears throat> he brought out a point which also sparks another editorial idea in my head. Um, and I actually might write it because it's something that the more and more I think about, I feel like it should be spoken about, which is this idea of how much is too much and are we too spoiled? Because Andrew said, well, what is, what's the limit? How much is too much? And that makes me ask the question is, are we too spoiled as a society where companies have delivered these amazing limitless you know features where where it's like oh your phone charges in 20 minutes and then people are like well that's still not fast enough for me and it's almost like this this point almost like a um a tipping point where now i'm asking well what is it too much are we too spoiled in having so many of these features the other point I want to make is with what Nick said, um, because I am a person who I used to charge my phone every night and now I don't. I my habits have changed, um, partly because obviously, like, you know, I've heard that charging your phone overnight is not 
a healthy thing for your battery. It's, it's, it won't last longer, et cetera, whatever. But I am also the kind of person who, um, like I kind of got over my low battery anxiety because I wanted to, because I did not want to be so reliant on my phone, which also brings me to my next question, which is, um, how reliant are we on our phone that we need to have a 20 minute charger to charge our phone in 20 minutes so that we can keep using our phone so that our screen time is so high. I know all of the points that are, that I'm saying are a lot more existential and a lot bigger in terms of big picture conversation, but it's just something I feel like we should be thinking about, you know, are we too spoiled and should we have, should we try to focus on less screen time? We definitely should use our screens less. It's healthier for us. Like, Andrew was saying earlier, just unplugging, it's amazing what it does to your brain. Um, and, and I know we've talked about uh, the, the whole idea of, you know, if you want to call it a Sabbath, whatever, just taking one day off a week where you put all your stuff in the cabinet and, you know, or, or on your phone, you use a routine to turn everything off except the most basic functions just so you can unplug and give your brain a break because we we genuinely need it. And a lot of people are just fried because they don't give themselves that time. Well, also, didn't Namira, like Namira, I think you wrote, uh, it wasn't an an editorial, it was more of a, um, like a best phone collections, but was it you that wrote the best dumb phones? Yeah, I think it's really important to disconnect every once in a while. There's, you know, it's so bad to be on the grid on the internet, looking at content 24-7, it's just not good for you. I really like what Andrew described, you know, I think I'd like to do that too. Just sometimes take a walk with your dog, disconnect, just play some tunes on your iPod, nothing else, no distractions, and just be in the moment. Yeah, I agree. Okay, um, I completely digressed that conversation, sorry. (laughs) I didn't mean to do that. I just uh, loved your article, Nick. (laughs) <laughs> we should be asking these questions actually we have become spoiled as a people yes i agree um okay i want to l- talk about our last topic which is um a review that namira you did um last week it's a uh, the amazfit gtr mini review uh you titled it um amazfit gtr mini review <laughs> ginormous battery inside a petite wearable now uh, this is the first time that I am talking to you about reviews, but typically the way we we like to go about it is, well, tell us about it. What did you like about this? What was your favorite thing about it? Why did you like it? Tell us, tell us a little bit about this uh, this watch. And by the way, the pictures are very beautiful. Oh, thank you. Well, what I really liked about it is that, well, as the name says, mini, right? You know, it's going to be a light, sleek little watch, but it, it does a lot. So basically, it's a lighter version of one of their flagship watches but they're not skimping out in most of the flagship features so i really loved it it's just a beautiful watch uh, even though it's a little too big for some hands but it's lightweight it's it's really waterproof and robust and the price is great so i just really loved reviewing it great product what was your most favorite feature about it because obviously you have a lot more pros listed um, as opposed to cons. So, for example, you know, you say unbelievable 14 day battery life, uh, bright 1.28 uh, inch uh, AMOLED display, Alexa built in, advanced GPS system on board, preset replies available for messages, loads of sports modes and health features. And then your cons are no speakers or mic, lacks third party apps, uh, no on screen keyboard. So, 
it's very clear. I mean, obviously you have more pros and cons, but what were, what were, I guess, your highlights of, of the, of the watch that you liked the most? The most important detail that people would love, first of all, is the battery. It's amazing. So I personally use a Pixel watch every day and I have to charge it like every day. <laughs> I love it, but that thing, the battery life is horrible. Just, I do get Wear OS on that though, so I love that. But the GDR Mini, so it has a great battery life. You'll forget about charging it. And it has so many sports modes and exercising modes and just, it's incredible. You get Alexa. Do you use, do you use this for, um, actually two questions. One, does it remind you when you need to charge your watch? And two, do you use this specifically, like, does it have like a sleep tracker, which is why, you know, the 14 day battery life is, is helpful? Yeah, it has a sleep tracker, heart rate sensor, oxygen monitor. I mean, blood oxygen sensor. Something that even Google hasn't activated yet in the Pixel Watch. Google, if you're listening, please turn it on. It has everything you could want, really. I think the only thing that it doesn't have is uh, built-in speakers and a mic, which is really important if you're using, you know, a smart assistant. And there's no keyboard, so you can't type out replies, you know. You, you can only select preset replies when you're responding to messages that you'll get, you know, notified on the watch. So overall, it's, it's really, really good. There's just a few things that I wish they would change, but, you know, that's just what all Amazfit watches have. So we'll live with it. Yeah, for sure. Um, Nick, I know you use... Are you still using your Pixel watch? Is that, like, your um, watch of choice still? Yes, and I love it. <laughs> okay, so I guess my... My thought for you is reading this review or, you know, what what Namira had has said so far, like, does that kind of make you feel like you want to switch over or at least feel like the Pixel Watch has a lot of improvements? In, I, I would definitely be willing to try it. Um, it's been several years since I've used an Amazfit watch. Um, I don't really remember why. I stopped using it because I don't really use apps on my watch, right? And I feel like that was the biggest reason to use uh, like a Wear OS watch over one of these other, I mean, any other sort of fitness tracker slash smartwatch uh, concept. Um, so it, 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 it's tough to say there. Uh, I, I definitely know that Google has things that they need to not necessarily fix but to add to the pixel watch right like the pixel watch is i feel like a lot like a pixel phone right it's it's a not necessarily bare bones experience because that makes it sound negative but it's definitely a more simplified experience and even wearing like the pixel watch one week and the galaxy watch five the next week it's crazy the number of features that samsung has in their watch compared to google like I mean, between not just the apps that it's preloaded with, but even just all the little niche idea features that you're like, oh, wow, I never thought of that being on a watch before. And, and it's on a Samsung watch, right? So um, I think a manufacturer like this probably has considered that and has added in those extra things, maybe without worrying about, again, smartwatch apps that people probably don't really use, right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i would be Bear. very Bear. willing to use it and i think my only question uh namira so that the but i think it's a button on the side right it's not a crown see i wish that were a crown because that orientation is 
perfect. And I know that's that's what I have been complaining about with watches that have crowns is I hate that the crown is at three o'clock because if you move your wrist up, you press the crown. And I think it's just such a dumb design for a smartwatch. You need to have it at like the one or two o'clock mark so that when you move your wrist, it doesn't press that button or move it or whatever. Like it just, I don't know. I don't understand why that's not more of a thing. I think that really depends on, I mean, your wrist and how big it is. Sure. Because I don't think I've ever faced that problem, right? But I have really small wrists, so maybe that's why. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I know for sure it'll happen if I'm working out and forget to switch the watch to the other side, you know? And that's that's something that the Pixel Watch does well, right? Is like you can go into display settings and flip the orientation and it takes all of three seconds to click the few buttons you have to do. I wish that were a little quicker, like maybe there was a a quick toggle to flip that around or something. Um, but yeah. yeah. A little tile in the settings. That... Yeah, just, just uh, you know, again, a little more customization there is, is something I would like to see from the Pixel Watch. And that's that, I guess, kind of goes back to the Pixel experience is a lot of uh, what you see is what you get. What you see is what you get. <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> I want to... Uh... I mean, unless you guys have anything else you want to talk about, um, I do want to talk about my favorite thing, which is what made you happy this past week. So before we get to that, do you guys have any final thoughts or verdicts about uh, the Mace Fit GTR Mini? Going once, going twice. It's okay, we don't. <laughs> All right. Um, so what made, what made you guys happy this past week? Who wants to go first? I probably have to repeat the same thing I said last week because I uh, I did it again. <laughs> I got more chicks. <laughs> you you should be more clear ah, about what you mean by baby that. Baby chickens, baby <laughs> chickens. I made I made jokes about being my own wingman and all that stupid dad joke nonsense in the chat. So you know, there's 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 definitely some of that out there. But yeah, we have uh, four baby we chickens got now. Not two, two new chickies. Oh, yay. Cuties, cuties, cuties. All right. We love it. Uh, who wants to go next? Did I, have, did I have my pup last week? Yeah. Yeah. You, 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 she was, she was brand new last okay. week. Okay. Yeah. Well, so that's, she's making me happy when she's sleeping. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and when she's letting me sleep. Um, but more tech related, I finished installing Windows 11 on a micro SD card and got it working on my Steam Deck. So later today when I'm not working, I will be trying to play some Call of Duty on my Steam Deck because you can't do that through the regular Steam OS. Fun. I like it. Very, very fun. Um Hey Namira, you wanna go? <laughs> you have to have something that made you happy this last week. Come on. Get out of here. Uh it's been a bit of a challenging week, but uh Oh, well, I had chocolate and strawberry ice cream at like three in the morning last night. So that made me happy. Dude, that's amazing. See, it's like the little things. Okay. I love ice cream. Okay. I love food and I love animals. We get it. It's See, it's the little things. That's all that matters. <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess a couple of things for me. Um. We took Jiggy to a dog park yesterday and he was just very happy and it made me happy to see him happy. Um, I am almost done reading uh, a new book. It's called The Butterfly Garden. It is a very tough thriller to read. I 
I would recommend it if you are able to read about tough things. Uh, it is fantastically written. I really, really enjoy reading it, not because of the content, but because of the writing style, because the content is really messed up. Um, and what else? What else? What else? I had a vanilla ice cream with banana. So that was amazing. I'm on the same track as you, Namira. Vanilla ice cream and banana. We love it. And I had one more thing. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. This is the best thing ever. It is officially less than a month until Zelda comes out. Heck yes. And that makes me really excited. I hope that Jeremy, I hope Jeremy really does understand that the three of us at least will be off that day. I will not be working that oh, day. Yeah, There's yeah. literally no way. I, I it's will, not happening. No, no, for sure. It's a Friday anyway, so it's good. Like Friday. Oh, I didn't realize fine. that. But I still need to pre-order yeah, yeah. mine. <laughs> Why does this sound like mutiny? That's <laughs> right. It's fine. He has to listen to this to find out. It's okay. Um, today is actually yeah. the debut. But truth, you're the first right. mate. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> today is the debut of the third and final trailer, and I'm trying to decide if I want to watch it. I mean, I don't really need to be more hyped, but I don't. So I I still haven't seen the video that Nintendo put out, the 13-minute yeah, gameplay that's, video. That's fair. I, I, um, I wouldn't say there's any spoilers in that, because if you've watched the trailers or, or yeah. up to this point, then there's nothing you know new, per se. It's more of just, oh, yeah, that thing you thought you saw, yeah, you saw it. You know, that's that's what a lot yeah, of it is. I mean, that's the thing. I just, I, I want to go in blind, and that's it. I'm just excited. I'm so excited, guys. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be incredible. <laughs> okay on that note thank you so much for wherever you're listening to us whether it's in the morning afternoon or night we really really appreciate it thank you so much for taking the time and listening to our podcast and we will catch you guys very very soon bye bye